Hong Kong, a city of 7 million people, has played a vital role in the world. A bustling metropolis known for its shopping malls, its iconic harbors, and martial arts films. But the city also has a hidden history of different ethnicities contributing to the growth of Hong Kong in many ways. Indian police officers, Nepali Gurkhas, and many more ethnicities have contributed to what's now known as Asia's world city. We'll be looking at four interesting stories of how ethnic minorities, as they are called, contributed then and now to the growth and development of Hong Kong. My name is Shamil Ibrahim and you will be traveling with me in my quest to find the hidden Hong Kong. Languages play a huge role in our lives. It's not just about speaking a language, it's about understanding a people and their culture. This can be especially challenging in Hong Kong, where only two official languages are spoken, English and Cantonese Chinese. Not to mention that this is also a place where people from many nations converge. However, the city has made efforts to accommodate different populations by providing them interpretation services. In this episode, we'll be looking at how the city helps diverse groups of people to communicate and have a rare insight to a school that teaches Urdu and Arabic. Islamic Qasim Tuhud Memorial College, also known as the Islamic College, is a secondary school that has Muslim origins. The school was founded in 1970 by Qasim Tuhud, a Hui Muslim who came to Hong Kong during the early 19th century. I talked to two Pakistani students, Sahil and Zonera, about their experiences learning the Urdu language in a foreign setting. Like here in Hong Kong, because in Hong Kong we know the importance of our language. So whenever we are writing, then there's kind of motivation like behind. And also there are some kind of reasons. And also the education system in Hong Kong and Pakistan, there's a huge gap in it. So in Hong Kong, when you are learning Urdu, when you are learning your own language, then there are this kind of some emotional relationship with it. Yes. Uh, it is, as it is quite complex to find Urdu teachers in Hong Kong. And uh, it's an op- op- optional language, as you say. So it's a bit hard, not a bit hard, it's actually hard to find Urdu teachers. And as our school is a multicultural school, so like I feel very grateful uh, to learn Urdu and take my national language as, you know, to pursue with it in my future. So it feels great. I also talked to Ms. Sobia Kauser, an Urdu teacher who has been teaching the subject for the past decade. She outlined the struggles of teaching the language. At the moment, because for Form 1 to Form 3, we are using uh, the same uh, the, the textbook from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And uh, because the, the, there is a very big gap between uh, the ability. The Hong Kong bond, their level is quite low because they are just uh, some sort of like primary school students. And the one they came from Pakistan, they are, mashallah, uh, already know how to read and write. Mm. So we use the textbooks are from Pakistan, uh, the primary level. But we try to make it um, in a way that uh, both level can be uh, entertain and the the higher level may not feel that they don't need to do anything. It's so easy. For form one to form three is the textbooks from Pakistan, and for form four to six is the HKDSC, the, the exam. It is from Cambridge University. 
there was also interest of non-Pakistani students taking Urdu as a subject. There is a student in our class who is from Bangladesh and she was also with me for like in form 3 we have like a system where like uh, the people who are not good in English they're in English class and the one who are good in English they will be in Urdu either Urdu or Arabic class so I was the one in the Urdu class and the other Bangladeshi girl she was also in the Urdu class with me as her English was quite good so uh, she was in my like with that class, and she knew Urdu somehow beforehand because I ha- I think she had a contact with some Pakistanis. So then now uh, she informed her. She started to ask me that, like, do you think I can do it? I was like, definitely you can do it. So I gave her that confidence and that that feeling that another like people from another country they are like really you know, trying to pursue your language, that feels great. So she's now studying with me and she also have to go to the DSC. The subject is recognized and has exams under the Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education, or HKDSE, which is commonly known as Hong Kong's public exams. Ms. Kauser explains how it works. Uh, everything is done by the Cambridge University. Uh, Hong Kong, over here, they only provide the place venue only. Right. The exam papers are from there. After they complete, they also go back to them for the marking. Mm-hmm. The result also come from there. Everything is from the univers- Cambridge University. Right. Hong Kong only uh, uh, give the venue and the logistic for conducting the, this uh, exam. For both Sahil and Zonera, Urdu is a bonus point in order to enter university. You know, I was lucky that my teachers, you know, uh, Ms. Sobia, she told me beforehand that you have Urdu, pursue it in your future, like take it as a subject. So I was very lucky, as you said, that you came to know that in DSE, but I was lucky enough to find Ms. Sobia, the teacher, to show me that, no, this is a subject, you can take it, that's easy. As I came from Pakistan, you know, it's not easy to, you know, uh, get, like, get through the other subjects. So Urdu was a, like, a bonus kind of thing so yeah the paper is mostly about you know it's not that hard if you are an urdu speaking person you can do it like very easily for me it's kind of easy because the the topics that now we are like studying then those are closely related to our lives for example social media which we use every day and the other topic is kind of youth so it's kind of so closely related to our daily lives, our, the talk, the, the points that we talk every day about that. So we can use our like, the, our personal experience, for example, with media. So we can use our personal experience with that. And then we can write an exam. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of easy way. And also, as she said, it's kind of bonus for us. But beyond that, languages also serve an important purpose in Hong Kong, communication especially for new arrivals. The Hong Kong government has outsourced interpretation services to an NGO named CHEER, which is operated by the Hong Kong Christian Service, which offers its translation and interpretation services in 23 government departments ranging from the Education Bureau to the Department of Health, and it offers its services in eight languages ranging from Hindi to Bahasa Indonesia. Zonira thinks that this plays an important role for new arrivals to the city. Yeah, most of the people who like came from Pakistan who probably uh, English as English is not a you know a 
language here was not mostly spoken by Chinese people. They just pursue it uh, Cantonese. So a lot of like Pakistani people, like the old kind people, they are mostly dependent on the translation as they just can speak either Chinese or Urdu. Like English, they're just not on that part. So. On the other hand, the Islamic college may be the only secondary school that teaches Arabic, a recent addition to the school's subject. Metab Asiri, the Arabic teacher from Saudi Arabia, tells me more about the interesting bits and the challenges of teaching the language. Uh, it's uh, so difficult here because uh, uh, many students cannot read or write by Arabic. The first step I must teach them uh, the letters and how to read and how to write Arabic. Then after that, uh, teach them uh, teach them about uh, uh, the meaning and teach them about. Uh, the, how to speak and how to listen, yeah. Uh, already I have uh, a book, its name uh, Al-Arabiya Bain Eidaik. Arabic uh, between, yeah. Arabic between, between your hands. Between your hands, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's uh, many units. Mm -hmm. The first, like, greeting. Mm -hmm. The second, about family. Mm -hmm. The third, about uh, living. Mm -hmm. Uh, the fourth about uh, uh, daily life, mm -hmm. uh, fifth about eating and drinking, mm -hmm. like this. He also noted that there were students from different countries who chose Arabic. Some Pakistan, some another nationality. Yeah, many students from Indonesia, uh, uh, many students from uh, Bangladesh, mm -hmm. many students from uh, India. Mr. Asiri noted that Pakistani students have a keen advantage in learning Arabic. Uh, already uh, Pakistani because they know Urdu already. Yeah. Mm. And, and the, the, the letters in Arabic, same letter, in right. little difference. But one of his major concerns was practicing Arabic in a city where people do not speak the language. So difficult because, because they cannot use it out of the class. Nobody use Arabic out of the class. Uh, this is the most, uh, we cannot use it in our life here. Yeah. Yeah, the, the better the student want to learn Arabic must come to Arabic uh, area yeah. to talk with the, <laughs> the other people. That being said, Hong Kong has made its effort to accommodate different language needs. And one of the few Islamic schools is contributing to Hong Kong to make it a more diverse and multicultural city while retaining their religion and culture. And that's all for this episode. In the following episodes, we'll be revealing another interesting story of the hidden Hong Kongers. See you next time.